0: Hello, and welcome to the Untold Hour. This is Andrew Bowser. And yet again, I am joined by a guest co-host, Sapphire Sandalo. How are you?
1: Hello again. I'm okay. I'm very hot.
0: (laughs) You're very hot. You're recording in a sound booth professionally, (laughs) but it must get hot in there.
1: Yeah, I'm dying. I have little fans on, but it's not helping.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll we'll get you out soon. We're going to have a brief (laughs) horror chat before we throw to the interview that we just recorded with the host of And That's Why We Drink. Christine and M, and that's a podcast that discusses a lot of true crime and supernatural. They cover both sides of the coin, and they were both wonderful to speak to. They've oh, covered so much. Yeah, they were fantastic. So it's a really amazing interview. Stick around for it. But first, we thought, since Sapphire and I are horror fans, we'd have another horror chat. This week we both watched the same thing. We watched the first episode of HBO's Lovecraft Country. Yes. So, first impressions Sapphire, what did you think? Did has you read the book? What were you expecting going into it? Are you a Lovecraft fan, etc. First impressions.
1: I knew absolutely nothing going in. um I think I may have seen one promotional image that made no sense to me and I was just oh and like, I guess I
0: should say spoilers if anybody hasn't watched ooh, this episode right yes yeah right. continue <laughs> please continue
1: um yeah, I knew absolutely nothing um, didn't read the book, didn't know about the book um, yeah. and so went in totally blind but was very pleasantly surprised by yeah. how great it was. <laughs>
0: It kind of felt like I loved it too. I I almost felt uh, like it was too good to be true, which <laughs> I, I, people know I'm I'm a, I, and I do have some criticisms for the show, sure. sure course I have criticisms. <laughs> but but I've got to tell you, over the overriding sentiment was I am so down for this. And mm-hmm. and this is one of the reasons why I said spoilers, even though the trailer shows you some. But the first episode, you just get monsters. You get monsters. You get people turning into monsters. Mm-hmm. And, and I just love when I know that a lot of horror nowadays can ride the line and be purely allegorical or, or slow burn. And I love all of that. But I also love monsters. Right. So by the time we got to the end of the episode and we had a full-on monster brawl, I mean, I was already loving it, but I was at that point very much sold.
1: Oh, totally. I mean, I will be honest, like, the first, mm, I don't know, like, half hour, I was kind of like, okay. Like, I wasn't really sure where it was going. It's not that I didn't like it. I was just like, all right, this. I thought this was supposed to be horror. Um, And then it just, like, hits you in the last, like, 20 minutes. But I do like that. I kind of like that they they established this very, you know, like, the reality, and it feels very grounded, and then all of a sudden, bam.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah, it made the monster stuff. I think that's what I mean by it felt too good to be true because that's what I love. I love when that stuff comes crashing into a grounded reality. And so to have sat through the episode that was very character-driven and and very convincing on atmosphere and environment and mm-hmm. the time period, to sell all of that, and I loved all the performances, to then throw the monsters in, I'm like, well, if this is what the show's going to be, then I'm all about it because I love that grounded real-world approach to then having crazy Lovecraftian monsters.
1: Right. I mean, are like, you, the whole... Oh, go on.
0: No, no, you go ahead. No, I mean, the the whole
1: point of it is also to show that people can also be monsters just as yeah. much as monsters are monsters. <laughs> yes.
0: Speaking of, H.P. Lovecraft was quite the monster. <laughs> yeah! I, I knew he was a racist. Mm-hmm. I knew that because I knew that a lot of the metaphors he's utilizing in his fiction were to reflect his own uh, xenophobic thoughts a lot of times but i did a kind of deep dive leading up to watching lovecraft country on just how racist he was mm. and i listened to a podcast that went it went pretty deep um into into that it was covering in the, at the mountains of madness but it also went into his personal life um and and the show tackles that. Yeah. Uh, what, did you know much about Lovecraft as a writer before watching the show? Did you know that he was also racist and that the show would kind of try to unpack a lot of, not necessarily his racism, but the problematic artist and what do we... Glean from a problematic artist can we still enjoy their fiction etc
1: right um i mean i'll be completely honest i never read any of lovecraft's stuff um i think the extent of my knowledge of him was cthulhu right (laughs) Uh, um which is
0: i mean it's cute he gave it's such a huge uh offering to the mythology and so many sci-fi problems right
1: Right. But then, you know, it's kind of for me anyway. It's hard to divorce the idea of a person once you know how much of their terribleness has influ or like is ingrained in the work that they've done. Like right. I don't I, Yeah, I I don't think it's possible to separate the art and the artist just because an artist is their art. So Totally. You know, you, I don't you can't separate it. Um
0: Yeah. Yeah. I know I almost wonder if, uh, and and it might even be privilege that would be, like, up for this approach, but I almost wonder if we don't accept, we don't separate the art from the artist, but we look at their work as being racist right. and take from it what we can almost in a, uh, in, in a, to learn from it. Right. Like, to say... But, but I don't know that that's possible because I think so often you just kind of wind up becoming a fan of the sci-fi.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, this is uh, sort like, of... Could it
0: be used to teach lessons? I right.
1: Don't know. Well, it's I feel like this was a debate that was happening a couple months ago about how, um, you know, like old cartoons that right. are, um, you know, like there's a lot, like animation was just ripe with racial stereotypes because it's easy to car- do characters of people yeah. and do these things. Um, but... Instead of, you know, completely erasing all of those cartoons from existence, instead they put this little disclaimer in front. And there was this, like, whole discussion about is that enough or, you know, like, all of those things. And um, I don't know. I think I'm I'm still not sure exactly how I feel about it, but I yeah. do feel like it's a start because what it does right. is at least you go into it knowing, okay, these were the problems Of Of this, and now I'm just going to examine this purely from like the artistic side, where it's like, okay, I know these racial stereotypes are wrong, but wow, look at that, look at those drawings.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like, is it is it is it better that Gone with the Wind just isn't on the streaming service, or is it better (laughs) to keep it there so that you can show people, look, look what used to be celebrated in cinema, and sure, it did a lot of great things cinematically, but man was it off about race and right. look at it or is it better to just get it out of there i don't know
1: yeah it it is tricky I and i think maybe it's a case by case situation cuz i i don't yeah. know if you're a fan of 30 rock
0: well, yeah, but I also know about some of the problematic stuff right. on it. Yeah. So
1: recently they pulled the four episodes that had blackface in it. And, right. like, you could argue, like, oh, they were using it as, like, a commentary on why blackface, like, isn't right. But, like, sure. their, Tina Fey's answer was to just pull the episodes. And there was all this discussion about how, like, no, what you should do is you keep the episodes mm-hmm. and then you explain what happened to let this get greenlit? You know, like right. the lack of people of color behind the scenes, and like right. the executives that were just like, "Yeah, cool, this seems fine to me,"
0: because mm-hmm.
1: um, that that's a much more teachable moment than pretending that you didn't let that happen.
0: Strike it from the record. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It would be a, it would be a lot more edifying, I guess, to just dive in and say, "Okay, these episodes exist. Here's how we got there," right. And and, and let's not you know, go there
1: again. <laughs> yeah, and
0: even if it requires throwing yourself under the bus to a degree, and you know, as the head writer, and say, uh, you know, maybe another writer did speak out, or a, a cast member who was a minority might have spoken out, and they mm-hmm. might have been silenced. Who knows?
1: Right. There's a lot of things that could have happened. But yeah. We don't know.
0: We don't know. <laughs> um, well, with Lovecraft Country, it, for for those that don't know, it seems like they're 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 taking a somewhat meta approach to dealing with Lovecraft. It is a show mm-hmm. about a Lovecraftian world, but, and this actually brings me to my only criticism that may not be a criticism as the season continues. Okay. The meta approach bothers me a little bit, and it might not as the season continues, but um, for those that haven't watched it, the lead character is a fan of Lovecraft. I love the idea of the lead character being a fan of sci-fi and horror and i think so is his his uh cousin or, or niece mm-hmm. the character is 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 an aspiring illustrator and she draws sci-fi character i love that but it it's hard for me when something is uh so on the nose meta that i am a fan of lovecraft and now i'm going into a lovecraft story mm, I see. it reminds me a little bit of the modern technique of Instead of creating something that is homage, like Ready Player One's just like, nah, fuck it, we've got the DeLorean motherfuckers. And I'm like, oh, okay. When I read Ready Player One, I was like, we can just do that. I thought you needed to kind of make your own back to the future and just wink at that shit. But Ready Player One was like, no, motherfucker, Chucky's in this movie, my guy. We've got you know, it's Really? Like, I oh, seen yeah. It. zero it's, interest in seeing it's, it. <laughs> that's the correct uh, outlook to have. <laughs> but so it's this this kind of skipping, I guess. I feel it may, it's it's a cheat in a way.
1: I see it, what you're saying, yeah.
0: Right, like it just plugs you directly into the main line instead of being a little more clever about. Mm-hmm. I Part of me wonders would I have been more excited while watching that first episode if he was learning about Lovecraft and picked up a book along the way, was always into sci-fi, but had avoided Lovecraft for certain reasons. Mm-hmm. But as they get closer to Massachusetts, he's learning about these things. But he's kind of the expert, so... When they get there, he's like, Huh, it's probably those uh guts, those creatures out in the mm. woods. And then it is the shogus out in the woods. But that like might he knows that might, too much. It knows too much, right. There's not that sense of uh, of I discovery. See. But that may that might very well be the point. He may be manifesting some of these things because he's so plugged in and mm-hmm. they talk a lot about they tease this birthright and he's he's tied to Lovecraft Country somehow. Right. And his father, who's missing is tied to Lovecraft Country, so I, my complaint may be right. null and void.
1: Right. Well, um, I mean, I haven't read the book, but is that how the book is? Like, did yeah. they directly take it? Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. The little I read about the novel written by a guy named Matt Ruff, I think Atticus is a Lovecraft fan in in the Mm-kay. book. Um, but I like that opening conversation he had about uh, John Carter. Uh, they In the in the episode, he talks about John Carter and how the author of Princess of Mars and John Carter of Mars was also problematic, and I thought that kind of dealt with the meta-like problems already. We're dealing with authors and their beliefs and how that crosses over into their fiction, but then mm-hmm. to go full I'm a Lovecraft fan and we're driving to Lovecraft country threw me a little bit, uh, but I don't know. That, did that did that not bother you? Were you okay with that meta way um, in?
1: Yeah, it didn't bother me.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, that's chill. I don't even know if it should bother me. I was kind of like, it, I clocked it, but I, I don't know what else. Again, without knowing the full destination for this narrative, I can't really judge it. That may be integral to mm-hmm. the journey these characters are going on. Right. Um, did you watch the trailer for What's Coming Ahead in the Weeks? Did you see kind of a glimpse at...
1: No I haven't
0: I wish I hadn't. I won't say anymore. <gasps>
1: okay don't spoil it for me. <laughs>
0: there was just too much I, I just saw too much because I think it still has that level of what will what is this show gonna be exactly right. like when they got to that cabin in episode one I thought maybe there's three episodes in this cabin for all I know um, and I haven't watched a show in a long time that's gotten me as excited as that got me though
1: yeah and you know what I I like that it is a um, it is a 10 episode series. It is going to begin and end because I personally hate it when shows are designed to sort of just last forever because what happens is we never get a satisfying ending because we keep trying to figure out how to elongate it like uh, Stranger Things. I
0: know. Like that first
1: season was perfect. End it there.
0: (laughs) For sure. But oh no,
1: like everyone loved it. So now we have to like try and make this longer. And I don't know. I I think we should. And also it gives more opportunities for people to tell new stories, if we just totally. end a thing on a good note and then move on to something new,
0: I don't know if there's a better example. I mean, maybe Lost, but of a show overstaying its welcome than Stranger mm. Things. I felt like
2: mm. I was
0: astounded about how how quickly they just retread the same story beats. Yeah, they just reskinned season one for season two, and then season three. I, I was didn't like, even watch is, it. I didn't bother. I was like, is, is is anyone from Netflix checking in on y'all? Y'all just like. <laughs> In Atlanta, I mean, the stuff they did in season three is like, it's like an episode of Glee at one point. What? And yeah. Did they start and, singing uh, and stuff? They start singing, and it was like this viral it. moment, but it put the viralness before sh- story structure. And yeah. yeah, these kids start singing the never ending story theme song, like fully produced vocals. It, it's edited like a music video, and I was like, I'm in an episode of Glee. <laughs> and yes, the and, and it's full Peter Sellers, the, uh, uh, Hopper and uh, uh, sorry, who's the mother? Is it Joyce
1: Winona Ryder?
0: So yeah, Winona Ryder's Joy character. Joyce or
1: Joyce? I
0: Joyce. They're like sneaking into a Russian um, uh, headquarters underground, secret headquarters, and it's like Peter Sellers. They're in they're in like oversized Russian uniforms and holy <laughs> moly. Anyway, okay, so Lovecraft Country, we're both stoked on it.
2: Yes.
0: And, uh, and I can't wait to see what happens. By the time this episode airs, there probably will have been another, maybe two oh, episodes yeah. of Lovecraft Country. Um, so I'm sure we'll keep chatting about it. But for now, let's throw to our interview with Christine and M from And That's Why We Drink. Well, I am very excited to be joined by Christine and M from And That's Why We Drink podcast. Thank you for being here, both of you.
2: Oh, thank you so much for having us. We are honored. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Well, I want to first find out a little bit about how this partnership began. When did you first become friends? Was it separate from the true crime interest or was it all at once? How did that first start?
3: I love when M tells me our yeah.
2: love story.
3: So why don't you tell the anecdote?
2: <laughs> Usually, when we get that question, it, it's immediately uh, tossed to me. So yeah. here we go. You tell it well. Uh, so we became friends after knowing each other for a few years. We went to grad school in Boston, and we just didn't run in the same circles. There was no bad blood or anything. We just weren't friends. We ironically lived exa- like across the street from each other for that entire right. time we were in school. So I knew her as my neighbor but then we had class together but i never talked to her and uh the last semester of our program sent us to los angeles so we could uh do internships and network and after graduation everyone except me and christine moved back to boston or wherever they uh lived before grad school and I, all of a sudden, didn't have friends. And I knew Christine <laughs> didn't have friends. And I was like, well, we're, we're going to have to do this out yeah, of necessity, I guess. It was a bond formed out of necessity. Uh, yeah.
3: So Em invited me to a, a fall festival. So they knew, they knew where my heart lay. And we bonded on a tractor ride and uh, found out we both liked creepy stuff. And I taught Em what a podcast was.
2: And yep. you know, the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> where, can I ask,
0: where was this fall festival?
2: It was uh, the Underwood Family Farms outside of LA. Yeah, oh, where's okay, that?
0: Okay.
3: That
1: sounds really cool. It's, where is that? Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's in. It's like a it long starts, car ride because Em and I were in the car. Like so, it's a good forty-five minutes out of town, <laughs> but it's uh, it's worth it. It's still like to this day, I've never been to a, a better Harvest Festival. They've got every single thing you can think of and more. They've got like tomato cannon things where like you shoot produce into a field and like they've got you uh, know all, got the,
3: all, all the historic like, traditional fall festival pig activities. races
2: and cornfields and they've got like a bunch of music going and petting zoo it was very fun barbecue contest yeah, yeah. M- it's the M- most
3: wooed me in the most effective way and then we i trapped her in a corn maze and said me. be my friend <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly and it's very ho- very horror-esque speaking of horror yeah. uh and yeah we just kind of realized we both uh we're getting to know each other we both liked creepy stuff and i had been working as a paranormal investigator m had worked a i'm sorry not a paranormal a private investigator m had worked as a paranormal investigator so we
2: both had these weird like mesh of uh creepy backgrounds she could tell she, christine would tell me the creepy things that she'd seen in her like i guess assignments or your jobs oh, yeah. and then uh i I hadn't been a paranormal investigator for a while, but it's usually all a, the anecdotes. It's you a have. good pickup line to try to get people to want to talk to you, so I definitely use it to my advantage.
0: <laughs> oh and my that's God, interesting. No. <laughs> yeah, I that's like the two of sides of the podcast too: <laughs> it really private d- investigator, paranormal investigator.
2: Yeah, it really it was all very foreshadowing before we even knew what was going on. So. <clears throat> Yeah, we had fun. You caught we me did, on a sip so. of
0: my matcha latte. <laughs> no, um, I
2: love it. That's the most L.A. thing I've ever heard. I of well, certainly.
0: <laughs> made in my Vitamix with some bulletproof <laughs> collagen in there. Um, I went to a fall festival in Massachusetts a few years ago, and my, my father lives there. And it was uh, I w- the whole time I was there, I was thinking, I can't get this anywhere near L.A., but it sounds like right. I can. But yeah, I was tossing pumpkins out into a river to <laughs> knock targets yep. off of a floating uh, platform. <laughs> It was amazing. It felt like something out of uh, Hocus Pocus. The town, I that love we it. yeah, in.
2: yeah. I mean, we uh, we unfortunately weren't friends when we lived in Boston, but like had we known each other and had this podcast, I mean, Salem would have been the place every Halloween. I still yeah. remember that, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah. what a shame. <laughs> someday, someday, one yeah. day we'll go back.
0: <laughs> well, how did you each individually become interested in the supernatural yeah. and true crime? Or you can take them separately. We talked to some people that are strictly true crime and their interest stops at things of our reality and then there's guests that dip into both worlds and it seems like your podcast does dip into both worlds and it isn't exclusively true crime how did you each individually come to those passions
3: well M started as a a wee baby
2: yeah i've uh, been having paranormal experiences since i was like four years old oh wow Um, and nothing i feel like that invites the question of like, am I, you know, can I, do I have gifts or can I see things all the time? But I just happened to have like a weird experience when I was four and then another one when I was seven. And so just at a young age, because I had a few things happen, um, they just kept my interest. And so I remember when I was seven, I had seen, I saw my first ghost and I haven't really seen anything since, but um, I remember telling my mom then that I wanted to grow up and be like a ghostbuster. <laughs> so it And my mom was like, Yeah, good luck. And then it happened, so (laughs) it worked out.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I've I with the paranormal stuff has have been really fascinated since I was young. I had a book called like Are You Psychic for Kids? And like I I certainly wasn't, I could tell you that. But I always thought it was just so cool to be able to like and I had a Ouija board like under my bed. I mean I was just like fully into it. Enthusiast. Very much an enthusiast. Yeah. And somewhere in the United States you were in your own little world. We would be destined to meet. Yep. Um yeah, and I guess on the true crime side, I think I think I just got to blame my mom. I think she was always <laughs> reading, like, these true crime books and always watching, like, the true crime, you know, series on TV before, before it was, like, huge. But I guess she found them. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think I just always uh, was around it. And so growing up, I was, like
2: just sucked in i blame my mother i guess is the answer <laughs> <laughs> i blame my mother for telling me that i'd never become a ghostbuster so <laughs> yeah speaking she- of,
0: of ghostbusters and prior to recording we were talking about and um, your favorite color is glow in the dark Yes. i i have a toy here from the real ghostbusters line yeah. stop that's it glow in the dark oh. mummy do you remember this
3: oh yes my god
0: i I was obsessed with buying it as a kid I had seen it at the toy store and I wanted it and I finally after some chores and allowance went and bought it and then became terrified of its glowing red eyes and so I <gasps> sold it to a friend
3: oh my because, god wow
0: and then I, and I regretted it ever since so now I buy them whenever I see them at flea markets or sure garages, so I love I, have it. A you, number of I them. love
3: that you were terrified of it so instead of like giving it away you sold it you were like, I did
0: I think <laughs> I did a trade I think I traded. I still want
3: to profit off this <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, it was. I, still, uh,
2: I okay. Are they on eBay at all? Per chance? Yeah. Like if, okay. Excellent.
0: A lot um, of those. There. Old Ghostbusters toys are. I always look on eBay for those and the old Ninja Turtles line. Um. Well, it seems like both of your interests in those areas were were nurtured or at least semi encouraged. <laughs> you didn't have parents that said stay away from this stuff. I had an upbringing that was very much stay away from this stuff. I think Sapphire, sure. you were a little more. Uh, welcomed to look into these things even by your family.
1: Right. I mean, it was a little bit of a a weird mix just because they are super Catholic, but then there's all these Filipino beliefs and traditions that very much deal with the spirit world. So it was sort of like this weird (laughs) in-between. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's
3: kind of like, I was raised Catholic too, and so it sounds like you'd be steered away from it, but I feel like there's so much weirdness behind the Catholic tradition that's like, oh, also there's like, you know, d- demons and uh, just weird stuff that you kind of pick up on, I think, growing up.
2: And yeah, uh, yeah I don't know. I think it just was part of I of not I wasn't raised Catholic, but I feel like if someone was like telling me stories all the time about demons, I'd be like, you're crazy <laughs> if you think I'm not going to go look into this. <laughs> go <Right>. find them. <laughs> but no, I, was, I wasn't raised Catholic, but uh, I did get a stepmom at 13 who was Wiccan. And so that definitely <laughs> oh, wow. um, helped. That helps. Um, it's not that my parents ever said, don't look into the stuff or don't be open-minded. But it was always kind of like something I thought about. And then all of a sudden I had a Wiccan stepmom who I could ask <laughs> any question to. And I was like, well, that's now we've really ignited a fire. Yeah. So
0: Yeah. <laughs> um, do you mind if you're comfortable? Can you share any more about your experience as a kid seeing a ghost? Was yeah, it a, uh, vi- a vivid experience? Still like a vivid memory?
2: Uh, I think it, it's only vivid because... Every time I say that I've seen it, goes people app, like it's <laughs> right. people uh, demand me to remember it, so it's never fading away. But uh, I, it was my grandfather a week after he passed.
0: Oh wow! And
2: uh, and which is interesting because apparently everyone in our immediate family had some sort of. Uh, experience with him in that week so and he said goodbye to us I got to give him credit for originality because every person had a different type of experience so someone had saw him in their dreams another person found a he showed up in a picture with someone Um, for me I think I got the coolest uh, end of the bargain where he I woke up in the middle of the night one time and he was sitting on my bed and just like watching me and kind of like just petting my leg and it was just kind of like a I'll miss you or, you know, I'm still around. Mm-hmm. And I was wow. seven and also didn't understand the concept of death <laughs> sure, and also right. was kind of sleep deprived, which, you know, he kind of got me in that nice vulnerable spot where I thought I was dreaming. So I didn't really pay attention to it. And then I woke up the next day and my mom said for like the next couple days after that, I acted really weird. <laughs> she <laughs> said I was like saying words that I couldn't have learned on my own. And it was almost like, wow. oh God, it was like I was... uh I don't know. I don't know what that. I don't know what that was about, or if it was uh, separate from that situation. Uh, but I have a theory. <laughs> Do you, what's you What's your
0: theory? I was going to ask if you had any thoughts on <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, tell me.
2: I feel like maybe
1: when your grandfather visited you, um, he sort of thinned the veil a little bit for you in this three days and that is something that has happened to people where they'll have an experience and then for yeah the next like 72 hours or like whatever they oh are more open to things so I'm curious to know if your mom remembers the
2: things she... that you were saying she said that it was just vocabulary that i definitely didn't know. Oh that's know.
3: weird. Maybe he was reading <laughs> you the dictionary as like a bedtime story. Maybe.
2: I wish it was something cooler than that, but i remember i think she said i was just acting like i was kind of in a weird trance and then anytime i gave her an answer i just said a word where she was like you are seven i know you don't know that word. Oh god. But what's interesting is my cousin who hadn't been born yet um when he died uh she's named after him and apparently he knew that she was uh she was uh, gonna be born soon. So, before he died, he had built a uh rocking horse for her. And when my uh cousin was then born, when she started t- talking, she would point out and say, I built that, I built that for Leah. Oh my god, and would like, and that's was, herself, and that's her. Ugh. So, it was almost like my even though she wasn't wow. there, he still visited her after the fact, too. So, Ooh, he also really likes oh. attention. So, yeah, he <laughs> seems
3: like a Gemini like <laughs> us,
2: yeah. He, uh, <laughs> <laughs> to this day, when we when I talk about him, he's still the most active spirit in my life. Anytime I mention him, I feel him show up in the room. And he is absolutely here and is loving this right now. Yeah. So. That's well, that's awesome. kind of funny
3: because I feel like we had some weird crossover with that, too, where, like, I feel like I am so fascinated by the paranormal world, but I was more in the L.A. Like, I have just dove headfirst into the L.A. camp of, like, Reiki and Akashic Records. And I was just, like, learning all of these different things. And so I did like an Akashic record reading with M, and I was like like your grandpa literally was just like hey it's me like right in my
2: face and I was like
3: I I think it's your grandpa we didn't know each other well so it was kind of cool to be like is this something
2: you understand well he's uh, I mean if there's anything he could have possibly wished for he was uh, slightly uh, narcissistic (laughs) and there's nothing he could have dreamt up more in the afterlife to have like a grandkid who has a radio show and talks about him all the time so (laughs) he's loving it
0: right Hi, so. Grandpa. Yeah, yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> love you. <ya. laughs> yeah.
0: One of the most uh, convincing stories—not that I need to be convinced, because I'm—I believe in all of this. But one of the most convincing stories that I've heard on on this podcast was from uh, a couple who, I believe, the the wife out of the couple had a grandmother pass, and and they her family and siblings had all gathered, and the grandmother seemed like a similar personality to your grandfather. Uh, the grandmother was always kind of the center of attention and and, uh, was always kind of roasting them and out of love, but but loved attention in a a fun way. And when they were all talking and sharing stories about her one night, soon after the passing, the family heard this crash in the next room. And they get up and go into the next room, and it's this hutch that had uh, glass doors on it that belonged to the grandmother and all of the china and... Dining ware that was inside of it belonged to the grandmother. All of that was outside of the hutch <gasps> on the ground, smashed, and the doors were still closed, <gasps> latched closed. Oh
2: my clothes. god!
0: <laughs> and this <laughs> was a couple. Holy. This was a couple who came on the podcast to discuss a horror film they were in, and when I asked if they'd had any paranormal experiences, they, <laughs> they said like yes. no. Actually, they said no at first.
1: <laughs> oh my god!
0: And then they were like, oh wait, oh wait, no. Oh my gosh, that whole thing yeah, with my grandmother.
1: time, <laughs> how would you not think about that all the time? <laughs> I
0: know. <laughs> I don't know. I think, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't had any paranormal experiences that I would say I, I saw a ghost or felt. I mean, I've, I've had certain things that I felt were more than just nightmares or more than just uh, seeing something during my kind of being half awake, half asleep thing. Right. But I don't think I've ever seen a, an apparition. But it feels like oftentimes when people have experienced that, it doesn't feel super weird. And so, mm-hmm. like, they... They just wondered, how did that stuff get on the ground? And they talked about that for five or ten minutes before anyone suggested, this wow. might have been supernatural. And everyone was like, ah! Nah, nah, nah. So Which maybe, is, it, I, I don't know, it doesn't I don't know register if, that way.
2: I don't know if this is a, an, an official logged away theory, but I've heard a few people say it, and I believe it too, that if you have an experience and you feel eerily at peace about it, it's because hmm. whatever's there once doesn't, doesn't want to scare you. It just right. wants you to know that it was there, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how I felt even when I when my grandpa showed up. I mean, granted, he got me when I thought I was dreaming or something like sure. that. but You know, it, he definitely picked a time where it's like even you're not sure what's going on and you're fine with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, right. And there has been one time in high school that was really weird where I felt time stop. It's like whatever was in the room paused time. Oh God. And then um, I always forget this story, and then I tell it and I'm like, wow, that was really cool. Um, But my friend and I were watching a movie, and I remember talking, and uh, I was saying, oh, well, you know, kind of the same thing of, oh, if you ever feel like you're at peace or um, something has like a white light around it, usually it means it's, you know, not going to hurt you. Mm -hmm. And we'd been talking about a ghost that was in her house, or she was like, I've seen this white light every now and then. I don't know how I should feel. And as we were talking i remember talking and my hand was out like this and it we the tv paused my hand paused i like the only thing that i could move was like my eyes and there was this light from the other room that showed up and it got brighter and brighter and it walked into the room in between us And then it got so bright. It made this huge flash in the room. And then all of a sudden, the TV was back on. We couldn't move again. And me and my friend were both like, what the hell just happened? I just
3: think it's so cool when two people experience it. So you're like, it's not just me and my brain. Like, somebody else saw this, too. It
2: was so freaky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it felt nice to be also validated that I was not losing it, so. (laughs) Right. I feel like
1: I've heard so many stories of time jumps where, like you, right? You don't, ex- you don't even know that the time you, like, has lose passed. Lose time, right? yeah, yeah. So that's so interesting that you had one where it froze and you noticed. That's so that also wild. felt a little
2: narcissistic. Of like, uh, I'm going to stop the entire universe. <gasps> I hear you merge. talking about me. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. Christine, what about you? Have you had any personal paranormal experiences?
3: Yeah, well, a few. And I think most of them have happened since we started the podcast. And I don't know if that's just because now we talk about the paranormal every day. All the or time. If it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Or if it's just like the nature of noticing things more. But I mean, the first time I, re- I did see an apparition, and it still feels weird to say that because I feel like it sounds cuckoo but like oh, if anyone's gonna believe me right it's company.
2: you guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're in a safe space yeah. but i was at the whaley we, house someone in-
0: spoke about a, a a breastfeeding bigfoot a couple weeks oh. ago <laughs> oh, and i was okay. like yep yep <laughs> if i believe that it it happened of
2: course sure yep.
0: that
3: makes me feel better <laughs> yeah i was at the whaley house in san diego and um we were on a tour i was actually with uh M s who would become the woman who became M's girlfriend who was my friend before anyway <laughs> we were on this tour uh, and I uh, looked up the stairs and this man was walking by with this funny hat and um, he kind of just walked past the stairs and walked into a doorway on the other side of the hallway and I thought like oh that's strange and I kind of asked like oh do you have like um, people who are playing, like, characters here, like, an old-timey character or whatever. And oh. they were like, no. And the guy goes, oh, my gosh, like, did you see a guy up there? And I said, yeah. And he said, let me guess, was he wearing a weird hat? And I was like, yeah, but, like, I don't believe you because that's not – that hasn't right, happened right. to you before. So I said, I'm going to go upstairs. He was like, feel free. And I was like, I'm going to make sure because it's not a big house. And so I walked upstairs, and I turned to look at where this person had gone, and, like, where he had walked through is just this huge plexiglass, like, wall. So it was, like, completely walled off. And I was like, the guy walked through this and he goes, Oh, yeah, that's Mr. Whaley's office. Like, people see him walk in there. And I, it just honestly, like, broke my brain, I think. Because I was <laughs> like, But I saw it. Like, I did. But I mean, even that now, I'm right. like, Well, it just looked like a man walking into a doorway. So it does feel kind of normal. Like, it didn't seem yeah. like really wild until I realized, like, that couldn't have been possible. Right. Um, but yeah, so that, we've had some weird stuff happen. I had a
0: friend, and I've, I've told the story many times on the podcast, so I'll give you the abridged version, but there, I grew up outside of D.C. in Maryland in a suburb, and there was a uh, abandoned mental hospital. It had been a tuberculosis hospital and a mental hospital different times over the years, and we would always go there exploring. Sure. <laughs> and um, and uh, my friend saw someone standing at the top of, of a stairwell, and this oh, was God. very decrepit. This was dangerous to be inside of. We should have never been there. But... Um, and he, the way he told it to us was just that. He said, well, I just saw a guy. We're like, what do you mean you saw a guy? Yeah. Like, well, it was a guy, but he was like in a hospital gown. I was like, all right, dude, oh, we're God. going. We got to get <laughs> the buy, fuck out of here. not so too far. And, but his, he didn't come screaming toward us saying, oh, I saw a ghost. He just said, I saw a right. guy down there. So I'm like, huh? But it just yeah. registered to him as if he saw a human in front of him in a hospital gown.
3: Yeah, and, you know, you um, hear the stories of people seeing, like, who they think are, like, period actors, like, playing performing a role, and then, you know, it's not that. Yeah. So it really does sometimes just, you ex- your brain just immediately explains it as, like, oh, it must be this, or yeah. it must be just somebody upstairs. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like trying it's, to find an
1: answer. Yeah, your brain's yeah. probably like, no, no, we're going to rationalize this
3: real quick. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but <laughs> but well, so I've, when did you, oh,
0: go oh, ahead, Sapphire.
1: I was just going to say, um, I've heard a couple of People say tell me that um, when they see spirits, there's usually. A tell about them, so they'll look oh. like a normal person otherwise. But it's not sure. until you notice the one thing that's off <gasps> that uh. you realize that they're ghosts. Like for example, um, I think one time they said they saw a person and they thought it was a person until they looked at the feet, noticed they were just like a couple inches above the ground. <gasps> um, another Ooh. person they saw they thought it was a person until they turned around and saw they had no eyes. Okay, no, <laughs> so no, no, stuff no, no, like bye. that. <laughs> so really, no, I think it's you. like yeah, like the longer <laughs> you're looking at it, the more attention you paid to sure. it mm-hmm. you'll notice oh this is not a person something's off which right. is just
3: so creepy oh god and
0: maybe even sometimes the uh we were shooting something in a different abandoned mental hospital in maryland once <laughs> of course and were. <laughs> uh, and we heard distant laughter and we thought oh maybe it was our crew because we'd gone a little further we were shooting a music video we'd gone a little further away from our crew but then it was just a couple beats later the actor i was with said hey man I, that sounds like kids laughing Oh my! I. Nope. I stopped and listened, and I was like, "Yep, it does." Okay, oh, it was still happening. Then, oh, yeah. God. So I guess that oh. would be a paranormal experience I've had. But even still, my mind, even as we raced back to the little production office, was like, "It was, it, it was crew. It, it was high pitched, but it was because there." But we got back to the production office. Nobody's laughing. Nobody's goofing sure. off. Everybody was scared <laughs> to be there. It's not fun
2: here. Why it would wasn't people fun? Laugh? Exactly.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: No, that's. Uh, it's also, I. I would say you're pretty lucky to have gotten that because usually you hear a sound that's so fleeting you don't get a chance to register it. But that's yeah. pretty cool that you were able to be like, oh no, it's still happening. Or we to did. even like, yeah, take yeah, the time we had to a time to
0: stop.
3: An... That's so wild that, ooh. And then did it like stop once you noticed that it was off? Like, because that was, freaks me out too.
0: It was, it, it, we were making so much noise when we started then running. It sure. was, our footsteps were so <laughs> echoey and we were in this cavernous mm. area we had run out of a stairwell into what used to be the old amphitheater of the hospital right so we heard the sound the actor i was with say whoa, whoa whoa whoa, stop stop dude and we got quiet and it was still kind of echoing while we <sighs> then heard the next round of laughs and then Ooh. we both just ran and all we could hear was our footsteps and chaos clamoring right? <laughs> and the camera that is yeah
1: was it like um, what, was it like spooky kid laughter? Or were they like happy laughs?:
0: It was happy laughs. That's a weird That's thing. good. They, they were happy laughs, but it did sound distant, and it had such a reverb to it because of the space Ooh, that weird. it almost just sounded sound designed, you know It sounded <laughs> oh, wow. This is the same music video where while I was editing it, I saw a face in the ceiling.
3: Okay. okay. Well. <laughs> and, <laughs> oh, no.
0: Um, <laughs> I mean, it was, it, it looked like mold and, and soot and all sorts of things that just a few frames forward, all of a sudden <gasps> formed a face. And then the next frame, it wasn't a gone. face oh, and I no. freeze framed it and I sent it to everyone on my crew and the band. And it was the scariest thing we shared between us for a long time. I can't, I haven't wow. been able to find it in years. Um, but yeah, it Oof. was like face.jpeg but based <laughs> jpeg. well so what led to the podcast what led to and that's why we drink
3: well I mean oh gosh probably a lot uh but I mean we had started hanging out and I said Em do you listen to podcasts and I was like what the hell is a podcast yep and so uh we had started talking and we would realize we'd stay up till like 4 a.m talking about all this creepy stuff you know after work and um, one day M texted me and was like, hey, like, would you want to start a podcast? And we didn't even know each other that well. So my first thought was, no, thanks. <laughs> and, uh, thank God my husband was like, you need a hobby, please go do something. <laughs> so I was like, okay, fine. We'll try it. Maybe like, we were like, maybe
2: our moms will listen.
3: Right. And, um, so we just were like, let's put a microphone between us. Um,
2: yeah. and we saw it originally as like, a uh, the way I pitched it to Christine was like, well, we're, you know, we're new friends. And so like at the very end of the day, Worst case scenario, nobody listens, and that this is just, like, a fun like audio scrapbook of like us becoming friends yeah. and like we've just got like we're very extra yeah. we we like everything documented yes <laughs> and it ended up working out i think that was part of the charm of our show is that everyone got to watch us become friends and feel like they were becoming friends with us
3: yeah it was it was kind of cool because you know i learned in like episode 13 or something that M had graduated from clown college and this was just like news to me so <laughs> i'm learning this on the show and then everyone listening like learns it with me so it's kind of a cool like uh like all
2: the reactions are genuine it's not us talking to someone it's me talking to christine and everyone gets to eavesdrop essentially. yeah yeah yeah
3: yeah so it's cool and i mean we actually originally had a different name for the show it's called <laughs> eerie and theory and uh
0: you know, oh i like that though <laughs> thank
3: you we're saving That's it cute. for like sp- one we're day saving it. one
2: day if we ever do something special or a spinoff or whatever maybe we'll, we'll make use another it. scrapbook or something yeah yeah,
3: yeah and yeah. uh one night we were like up late like just doing one of those brainstorming sessions before we started the show. And one of us just kind of yelled, ah, that's why I drink. And it like was this weird pause where we had already bought like a Google phone number under like <laughs> Eerie and Theory and all this stuff. And we were like, did we just spend like a hundred bucks on this Eerie and Theory domain? And now we both know we have to change the name because we were like, we just like that so much better. It was
2: one of our, fr- and we both kind of have a, we're on the same a wavelength. Yeah. yeah. Like we've got uh I don't know, we're both very good at, like, if we have a gut feeling, we we run with it. And I think even though we didn't know each other too well, we both, that was our first aha moment together, where without question, we were like, well, we have to change everything, <laughs> even though it launches tomorrow. We or, need a
3: new Google phone number. Right. We
2: just, we had a hunch that, like, that name was going to take us places. Yeah,
3: I don't so, know. I don't know if com has any emails, but I'm sure it's out there somewhere in the universe. But yeah, so that's how it all kind of happened. Yeah.
0: I feel like anyone doing a Supernatural podcast has gone through all of the possible titles. Oh, sure. And I thought when we relaunched this podcast, Jess and I had done a podcast for years called Bizarre States, and then we relaunched as the Untold Hour. And we went through every – and Aristotle, our producer, knows – we went through every possible (laughs) name – we in the book, and I had never come up with eerie in theory. I'm I'm disappointed oh. in myself because <laughs> we good. had everything about like frequencies or transmissions. Right. And... Well,
3: we had already stolen the Gmail, so it's yeah, not right. For <laughs> it would've,
0: we would have been locked out. Our we had initially started it as spooky shit. And, oh, I love that. That's and nice. then because we Jess and I met on a job, and we started talking, and we realized we both love spooky shit, and it was yeah. similarly. We were like, that's a podcast.
3: Spooky I love shit. That. Yeah.
0: It's incredibly hard to search on uh, iTunes and other places right. for anything with language yeah. in it.
3: That's a good point. You have just, to put the asterisks or right. whatever. Yeah, that makes right. sense.
0: So we we when we relaunched, we were like, we're spooky shit this time around. But then we bailed <laughs> on it again because it's just so hard to find <laughs> There's it. There's so a destiny
3: for spooky shit.
2: I feel yeah. it in it's, my bones. It's time isn't isn't so yet, but it'll be there, and you're going to know when the time is right. Yes. I think
0: so, too. Maybe yeah. it's like a, a trilogy of feature films. Uh, she-
2: I would watch that.
3: I don't even really watch much horror, but I would watch that for sure. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, what are some of your favorite uh, episodes thus far? Maybe let's talk about the earlier episodes since you were becoming sure. friends. What were some of the topics that really broke open that friendship and made you oh, both great maybe get a little deeper with each other?
2: We, well... The John Wayne Gacy episode that we did was when Christine learned that I was a clown, because John Wayne Gacy also was a clown. <laughs> right. Um, right. Um, so, we
3: don't tell each other the topics beforehand, so it's kind of fun Like when we do tell a story and the other person either like has no idea about it and is learning about it or like has some weird like, connection to it. So it's kind of fun. I feel like we've made, well, Clown College is a very direct connection, I guess, to John Wayne Gacy. But, <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: but uh, it, I think also, I think within the first 10 episodes, we went on a huge rant about our parents um we like talked about our moms a lot i know uh one of the early episodes was the queen mary oh yeah and that was our i think it's titled like our first fight because i we had said <laughs> when we started the podcast like <laughs> right. if we ever if this ever takes off we have to go to the queen mary because it's so close and very haunted and then uh when I decided to cover that story, Christine was like, oh, my mom was just in town and we went to the Queen Mary. And I went, what? Like, we just became uh, friends. And you oh, already you?" No. I, became... I
3: like had no. I was like, wait, what? We did? And then poor Em was like, that was our plan. So that
2: was like, I, I guess in the friendship world, that was our first fight, I guess. So that was, that was a milestone. <laughs> it was a milestone. Even though it wasn't really a fight. It was like a we it just need like, a title i was just wine drunk as usual
3: but uh yeah i mean it was kind of funny because we were recording in, like my living room and we had to lock away like my brother and husband and dog yeah and all be in, like,
2: just put them all in a room and make sure that they had enough food and water for a couple hours yeah and i feel <laughs> like
3: i mean one of my favorite early episodes was the elisa lamb story mm-hmm. i don't know if you guys know about that but it was yes. at a hotel yeah and so i feel like that one uh, it still creeps me out but i think even in that episode i remember being one of the earliest episodes where we just got really deep into like the theories of what could have happened the eerie and theory right. if you will if you will of what could have happened and i feel like nowadays that's like a big thing too or you know looking into like unsolved cases and like yeah debating what could have happened and that, yeah that's one of my favorites
2: i think yeah. our, I, I also really liked just our first episode which was uh i covered the Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, Ooh. and you covered I Jonestown. Jones Town. I don't know where I came oh, up with wow. that one as our first episode. It's like a really heavy uh, a heavy start, um, but I think it was just I remember being really excited and us not knowing what we were doing. And, and we
3: were, like, debating the, what flavor Kool-Aid they were drinking at the yeah. Jonestown. I mean, we just were testing
2: just... our humor for the first yeah. time. We were like, how do we make <laughs> Jonestown funny? Oh, like, God.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: Was it yeah, not it Kool-Aid?
1: Worked. Wasn't that like it was flavoring?
3: It was
2: grape flavoring,
3: mm,
1: yeah. Okay, Great.
3: well, flavor-aid. I mean, yeah,
2: we got a bunch of tweets about that
3: eventually. Once the <laughs> yeah. show actually took off, we found out
2: which is weird. I always assumed it was red Kool Aid for some reason, and it was purple flavoring, yeah, yeah. off brand, generic brand, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: I think I might have gone to Salem before Jess, and, and we had always said we'd go together for the uh, show, mm. but um, we said that too. <laughs> oh, yeah, specifically with Salem.
2: Yeah, but we, you've gone to Salem. I've never. Have you been, been to Salem? I've, I've been to Salem, but it was during its off season, and it was really rainy and snowy. So I haven't had wow. um, like the proper. A, I, I haven't had a great, like, solid, quintessential Salem experience. Oh, but good. I've been in the city, and well, I did one of the. Um, I forget which one it was. Maybe it was the Joshua Ward House or something. But one of the Salem Witch Trial houses has like a reenactment. I did that, but. It wasn't what I wanted, so mm-hmm. okay, right. we'll
3: we'll plan for when COVID, I guess, is uh-huh. calmed down. Yeah. We'll plan a, a trip. Yeah, because we also yeah. like met in Boston, so it's kind of a little hometown for us. Yeah, yeah.
2: I did you there, what, did you like it when
0: you were there? Yeah, and I was there prime. I mean, it was it was it might have been like like October twenty eighth or something. There you go. <laughs> so I was with uh, I was with family, and I have a very young niece, so I was a bit limited in what I could uh-huh. do because I didn't know how scary certain things would get. Right. But we did the uh the Salem museum that has a full kind of animatronic reenactment.
2: Ooh cool. It's pretty
0: cool because it's it's also not that good, so it's that perfect <laughs> sweet spot of kind of bad animatronics. It's
2: like campy, yeah. Yeah,
0: but it's but that adds to the spooky vibe and it's all around this large room and you just look up and it'll light up the different areas. Ooh. And then you go out. But what's cool is that Then you go out into this area that really does walk you through historically what uh, what a witch hunt means, you know, Mm. historically and even politically. And uh, through the decades, how witch hunts have been utilized to suppress certain people groups and and perspectives. And so it was a very, for lack of a better term, a very woke uh, museum (laughs) museum. Uh, in the middle of Salem, and it was cool. I think they've kind of updated it over the years to keep it more modern, which was great.
3: I love that.
0: And um, and then they talked about the the realities of, of witchcraft and the the people that do practice witchcraft and what they actually stand for and what they actually believe in.
3: I love that. Wow.
0: Yeah. Wow. So it was fascinating. Good job, it was Salem. Fascinating. Yeah. What's Good that? Salem. Oh, yeah. Good, said, Good job, job Salem. Salem. <laughs> have you ever been, Sapphire? Have you ever I gone to Salem? I haven't.
1: No. It's next on my list. Okay, yeah. you can come with us because <gasps> we're planning a trip now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be so fun. I love it. I love
0: it. So what are huh. some other episodes that stand out that uh, were maybe topics that you didn't know a lot about that you were surprised as you did the research? Was there something that you, after doing the research, left going, wow. Like, recently I dug into Waco for an episode. Oh, And I just realized I had such a warped perspective of... Of that whole, I mean, event, and I think just because as a kid, I just saw it on TV and I mean, I, whatever my sisters told me, my older Mm -hmm. sisters, whatever they said was happening, I assumed was actually happening. Right. Um, But then digging back in as an adult and watching a few documentaries and the, the, the show that went to Netflix last year.
3: Right.
0: Kind of woke me up to the realities. Was there a subject that you learned a lot about that you had a complete 180 on?
2: hmm not a not a 180 for me but just I I think before the podcast I have always been really interested in spooky stuff but I never I guess really knew how much was out there so most of my stories when I'm uh telling the cases I only just learned about it in the last week or so like I I think I'm more just shocked at how many stories there are out there or how crazy some of them are like I I knew I think the extent of my knowledge before the podcast was like Alcatraz and the Amityville horror. And mm-hmm. that was about it. But then I was like, I love ghosts. And it was like, OK, well, I really didn't know too much. <laughs> um, but now, uh, like, I wasn't even aware of, uh, you know, there's a lot of haunted dolls, how many haunted prisons and hospitals there are. Mm. I think uh-huh. uh, the one that really threw me because I didn't even know it existed was uh, the Bridgewater Triangle in Massachusetts. Um, it's, I don't uh, know if I know anything is, about yeah, that. Yeah, what is that? It's Ooh, kind of like it's kind of like favorites. America's Bermuda Triangle, yeah. where like it's just it's every single type of cryptid UFO like, phenomenon. Spe- yeah, any spooky, ghostly, sp- supernatural stuff has happened there in one way or another. And they have their own cryptid called the Puckwudgie. Mm, um, oh, that! It's a uh, which apparently actually inspired Hufflepuff, uh, oh yeah, or something, and mm. and Hogwarts. Apparently, Hufflepuff <laughs> is based off of the Pukwudgie. Um But yeah, there was this whole area,
3: and we had lived in Massachusetts, so it was kind of funny to like cover this whole area that we didn't really know about.
2: I forget what the what the three are, but it's it's uh right in the center of like where three counties or three cities all um right all kind of merge, but it's this forest where people either get lost or. Um, if they don't get lost, every time you go in there, you experience something really weird. Whether that's like strangers coming up to you and they just like fade away, or yeah, um, oh. a lot of people have seen like weird things in the sky around there. A lot of people hear uh, screaming and crying, and it's apparently ghosts. Or yeah. I mean. Anything you can think of has happened there, apparently, in some way. Yeah, we so gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I know, we gotta yeah. take a
3: whole like trip here. We got a itinerary. <laughs>
2: yeah, I had no idea it existed until after years of not living in Massachusetts anymore. Yeah, so. yeah, wow. I mean, I mean, that's I like it,
1: kind of the cool thing about like when you start digging into paranormal stuff, like it literally never ends. You will never yeah. know everything. Like I thought yes. I knew everything and I'm still learning so much like every day. Well, I feel like that's like the catch 22 of it, too, is that
3: like it's so much fun to talk about. Like all we want to do is like know the answer. But like the fun of it is like guessing or just trying to figure it out and yeah. not knowing the answer, mm-hmm. um, especially with paranormal stuff, for sure. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I feel like every uh, episode of this show, I hear about a cryptid I didn't know about, and I'm a big cryptid guy. That's kind of my my bag. Um, but I had a, a guest on a few weeks ago that told me about the the mirrored men. I don't know if you've ever heard of them. <gasps> what? The I don't know about men. them, but I'm about to that learn everything scary. I can. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it. What it were it? These it reminded me of the uh, the the man in the hat or <gasps> a Slender Man black? to a degree. What oh. about Men in no. Black? Yeah. Oh. Well, kind of Men in Black, but... Um, the Hat Man. Is that the Hat, hat Man, man? The, 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 shadow which Shadow person, is yeah. Totally, kind of shadow people, um, but they moved in unison. That's why they were called the Mirrored Ooh. Men. Goodbye. <laughs> they moved completely oh. in, in hey, unison. guess what?
2: I hate
3: that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, I hate it.
0: <laughs> it's so... And I was telling this guest uh, that... I don't know if anyone here has watched dark on netflix the german German. show so without giving anything away in i think the third season there are some characters that move in unison
3: Uh and and seeing
0: it on that show i I, I thought to myself oh that's a creepy visual i've never thought about people that are seemingly moving in unison without even trying how (sighs) creepy that looks but then two weeks later this guest came on and talked about the mirrored men so i wonder if that's more known I didn't know anything about yeah. it. And I mean, I'm
3: surprised because we get a lot of suggestions and I haven't yeah. heard of that.
0: Yeah. And Sapphire, you told me Sapphire told me a lot of about a lot of cryptids that I'd never Ooh. heard of. In the
2: Philippines.
0: Yeah, oh, in the right. Philippines.
2: Is the aswang from the philippines aswang aswang <laughs> yes, we, get, we still get texts about how to pronounce it i didn't really i loved that story and then i felt like such a jerk afterwards because so many people were like you were not saying it right at all the entire time yeah. i was like well i tried well we tried that's aswang. the scariest
0: part about doing a podcast is the fact checking and the pronunciations what yeah. is the yeah. aswang is that another yet another cryptid i don't well, know anything about
1: so the one i told you about andrew it was the Mananangal, and it's a right, type one of with, aswang
0: Oh, it's like okay. in the
1: category, yeah. Interesting.
0: <laughs> so what would an Aswang be considered? Is it just a, 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 any type of kind of flying specter? Are there numerous? Because the one you were telling me about specifically was a flying creature that had mm-hmm. half a torso, right?
1: Yeah, and then eight fetuses like right out of ba- uh, your belly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wait
2: a minute. That sounds yeah. fun. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, so like um, Aswang is sort of just like an umbrella term for uh, anything okay. that like eats babies or it's I guess <laughs> an like umbrella term for all the things that eat babies <laughs> all the baby ears you know <laughs> yeah like it's sort of just um uh I guess like shape-shifting demon is sort of the right the, okay. like, generalized that's term. how I remember your
0: story yeah okay is there anything that uh either of you have brought up on the podcast that was uh a little too heavy or too dark I mean you bring a <laughs> lot of levity <laughs> certainly <laughs> you bring a lot of levity into your discussions which is one thing I love but uh, and, and you love cheesecake, which I love. <laughs> but uh,
2: we're simple folk. Like yeah, there's, yeah. There's really not much that gets us going more than ghosts and cheesecake. Ghosts <laughs> and cheesecake, legit. which is
0: another great name for the podcast. Yeah, if you ever have to rebrand, I love that.
2: ghosts yeah. and cheesecake.
0: I love but is it. there ever anything where where you've talked about something for an hour, hour and a half, or more, and then you need a palate cleanser because it was just too, it was too dark, it was too heavy. There's been some things on our show where. We don't do as much true crime, but when we do, it's, yeah, we've got to kind of come up for error because it's just not as not oh, as yeah. fun, I guess, as talking about <laughs> yeah, the Goat like, Man of Bowie, which is where I'm from.
3: Oh, oh. love it. Yeah, I guess that's uh, the never-ending kind of thing we run into is that- Probably my, more for you. Yeah, is that mine's harder to joke about, typically, my yeah. topics. Um, mm. And there are some, yeah, very heavy ones. I mean, almost all of mine, I guess, are pretty heavy um some more than others but
2: yeah i think also uh apologies to anyone who's coming over here from our show because i just learned that it was pronounced Bowie. i thought it was the Goatman of bowie maryland oh
0: wow so had you heard of the goat man of bowie or we covered bowie it before? We, co- we covered it oh on my gosh show. i should i have to listen we have to, to find that episode
2: that'll be fine is it
0: in the title because
2: no <laughs> no but we on okay, our, our website s- we have a list of every episode we've ever done it's so it's not can- on our website. okay yeah, perfect yeah Oh. So uh if I you just control F, you'll find it.
0: I made a I made a whole movie about the Goatman of Buoy. <gasps>
2: oh my god. Okay, yeah. well, excellent. It was a found
0: footage <laughs> thing. Well, don't fact
3: check us cuz <laughs> Yeah.
0: Well, I
2: clearly I didn't even know how to say Buoy, so
0: That's all right. A lot of people don't. But it also the Goatman has such a uh, his origin is just up for interpretation. There's so many different I mean every you know teenager i would talk to when i was younger who would tell me the stories had a different spin right right they were like yeah the goat man carries an axe and but there's right. also sometimes this female ghost that's associated with him and you know you go to this bridge governor's bridge road and then other people would be like no you got to go to the university of maryland or uh-huh. the the you know, agricultural center everybody's got a different
2: well, take. anyway th- there you go that's that's on our show, yeah. but um no, I think on my end, I haven't ever had to have any episodes. I don't think I've had to have too many episodes that came with a content warning. I think the only one yeah. I can think of on my end is the Lallery Mansion in New Orleans. Yeah, that
3: one was bad. And that is basically mm. because it came about due to true crime. Like yeah. Some of the ones, right. obviously, the M covers are aftermath of something really horrible. Right. Especially even when you cover asylums and things like that. Like old you know, methods of mm-hmm. hospitalization uh, and treatment. Mental and- health. Unawareness, I don't know the yeah. right word, but yeah, so I feel like they yeah, they do get heavy, and I think that's why we kind of try to find our way to navigate that while also relieving the tension with humor and that kind of thing, mm-hmm. um sometimes better, sometimes easier than other times, but yeah,
2: we try our best <laughs> we try, yeah,
0: what about uh this is a weird question. I ask it often to people that are into true crime uh who is? There's no good way to say this. (laughs) Who's your favorite serial killer? Yes, who's your favorite serial killer? Because, and I, I, with the caveat that obviously they're all heinous, they're all bad, it's all horrible, horrible things, but I uh, just know every, I would assume almost everything about Jeffrey Dahmer. I had a fascination with him, I read... I wrote a bunch of screenplays about it that, you know, were never getting made and then read like 13 different books. And I I started interviewing people that knew him because I was really serious about some of these scripts. And I just that's the serial killer I have the most insight into. It's hard to say I like them because I think what they did was absolutely atrocious. But I guess I've attempted to understand the psychology specifically of him more than others that I may just read the facts and say, okay, now I know that case. I can right. move on. But I've I've somehow built more of a pocket of empathy for Jeffrey Dahmer. Um yeah. and so he he would be, you know, the one I'm most fascinated by. That's you a good have, one. uh well yeah. I think part
3: of the Jeffrey Dahmer fascination too is that there's so much like first hand accounts by him explaining his Yeah, where he was mentally and like you can really try and yeah, break down like what he was actually thinking. And um, I covered him recently, probably not to an extent that you, uh, (laughs) that you did with researching people and interviewing. But um, I think the one, I mean, the one that I am most fascinated with is probably the golden state killer, just because Mm -hmm. that is so like current. And um, I just watched the HBO docu series with about Michelle McNamara and, you know, how she coined the name and wrote the book and Mm -hmm. just like being able to watch that or like tell this, I told the story before he was caught and then, being able to do, like, an update episode of, like, this is how, like, forensics, you know, DNA matching was able to catch this guy that's been around for decades and been, you know, hiding out. And I just thought that was the coolest, uh, the coolest topic to, like, see it come full circle. And now
2: he's behind bars.
3: Yeah. Yeah,
2: fuck. My favorite is uh, Ed Gein. Yeah. um, Just because uh, growing up, my favorite uh, scary movie was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. both the old version and the 2004 version. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, they were... When it came to old movies, it was my favorite. When it came to newer movies, it was my favorite. And then I found out there was actually like a person that those were based off of. And then, again, like, a very messed up way to say this, but, like, for the sake of originality, it was, like, it's an interesting story of, like, what he was doing to the bodies afterwards of making, like, nipple belts and, like, human right. flesh lampshades. I mean, it's disgusting and i never want to like really ever look at a picture of that but the for the sake of the story it just stood out because it was like i've never heard anything like it just that makes before. you wonder
3: like really how how people
2: how did you come to be yeah the cause. how are we the same the... species i don't get yeah. it yeah yeah so well, that what's... one is just the hardest for me to wrap my brain around yeah in general
0: mm-hmm. what's so interesting is uh what jeffrey dahmer's dad wrote a book Right. And, yeah, and, and he talks about how, because everybody would say, well, you, couldn't you see that this is what he was growing into? Right. And his, and his dad was like, look, I'm a chemist, and I grew up blowing things up. Like, yep. I, I used to make my own bombs in the garage. You could have easily said, he's going to grow up to be a domestic terrorist, or who sure. knows? And so— when Jeffrey was showing interest in the bodies of roadkill like and, and bones, yeah, yeah the, he he thought, oh, my, my son's going to be a veterinarian.
2: Right. right. Um,
0: you know, it doesn't always mean, it doesn't always mean it's the origin story for uh, a, a yeah. killer, which That's is very I mean, interesting. If you,
3: I'm sure if you looked into my childhood, there are some questionable things that if I were a serial killer, you could probably be like, hmm, that behavior.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah,
3: so, I mean, who's it's to like,
2: say? Well, that was a, that was a a ringing, ringing evidence that this might happen one day. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So, I yeah, I mean, I have a family member that we would, we as kids, we were like, oh, what if we? What, would it be cool if we found a dead body one day? And for <laughs> right. me, I became a horror filmmaker and host, and she works in forensics and yeah. goes to crime scenes. Very and important. And finds dead bodies. Yeah. That's cool. Um. Well, what about cryptids? What about things in the in the supernatural space? Oh. Ghosts, aliens. aliens. I'm not. I'm not partial to aliens i i I'm more of a monster's cryptids and ghosts, but aliens for you
3: oh, I love the alien stories i those scare me a lot. I don't know why, but
2: i th- I think i I'm probably the furthest removed in interest from them, but that doesn't mean I'm not incredibly interested in it. I think I for sure all three of them are kind of just like their own weird Venn diagram yeah. of interest to me i like the alien ones but I feel like when it comes to really juicy stories they're very few and far between so I think I like them for the sake of how rare they are when you get a really good one and I think like just for me at least the conspiracy behind it always gets me like oh the government might know about the you know I just love that
3: angle yeah like
2: there might be more that we just don't know about yeah it might not just be an alien story it might also be like a what is the government doing what are they hiding (laughs) Uh,
3: Right. and you
2: also are a huge fan of mothman
3: oh I love mothman yeah he's my he's my favorite
2: yeah (laughs)
0: <laughs> Have you been to uh, Point no. Pleasant? Have you been to the Mothman I Museum? I want to so
2: badly. We should go one day when COVID is nothing anymore. We should go to the festival. I think last year there was like 12... Um, like 12- 19,000 people went to the festival. I somebody be here, we had like
3: some listeners mail us like things from the festival and I, yeah. like postcards, and I was like, oh, oh
2: that's so this is my dream. Yeah,
3: so I think yeah. well, after we go to Salem, we
2: cannot go to. Point we'll just do like, <laughs> like a like a cross country tour, <laughs> east coast tour.
0: That'd be amazing. Be, oh, there'd be so many <laughs> interesting spots. Yeah, yeah.
2: And then, uh, as for I'm not no, I'm not necessarily super interested right now in Bigfoot uh, itself but i recently discovered the bfro the bigfoot research organization mm-hmm. and i don't know if i've mentioned them to you before but it's like this elite club where like the only way you get in is after doing a 4-day bigfoot expedition in the woods with the team <laughs> and all that and like so i'm more interested in like just that just the membership emma likes exclusive i love joining exclusive weird clubs and the fact that i would have to go camping with a bunch of you know bigfoot enthusiasts bigfoot enthusiasts for four days i don't even know if i want to do that are are
3: you in in the elite club by chance since you have such a fascination
0: i think i did a, a bigfoot hunt with someone that was oh um i let me look him up but we we did a bigfoot uh uh hunt with matt moneymaker is his Ooh, name.
2: What and I,
0: I think he may, yeah, I think he is involved with the BFRO. Yeah. And cool. I mean, it was fascinating and I, God, I don't even remember what area of the country we were in, but uh, we interviewed a, a number of people that had some really unique experiences. They weren't the, they weren't the, uh, and not to discredit these, but they weren't the same story of a hunter being out sure. and seeing something that just didn't look like the big game he was used to, et cetera. There was this girl that was just out meditating and she (gasps) had this insane experience. She was out because it was specifically a night where certain constellations were gonna be very visible. Oh wow! And she was chased by something (gasps) that uh, she could see the height of it and that's about all. And she said the way it moved through, she said, I could not run top speed because it was so dark. I was going to slam into a tree. Right. Uh, she said, but this thing just didn't stop moving. It was moving around every tree and branch with Whoa. such like, swift power. Ooh. And, uh, yeah, and I could also, t- not that I'm, I can read everyone, but I could tell she was nervous to tell the story. She hadn't told it very m- many right. times. And, you know, then you talk to some people and they're like, <laughs> oh, I got a Bigfoot story for you. And maybe it feels a little fabricated or at least they like played the out. Right. Yeah. Um, but this person felt still very shook up by the experience.
2: Yeah, sure. That means it's well, real. And, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I'm, I'm very, I'm very interested in the BFRO. I've been, I've thought about like, I have, I'm not going to lie. I have thought about joining, but also <laughs> like, <laughs> I uh, apparently you have to know people before you even get invited to the expedition. And then it's like, then you, have, it was like, I don't know if I have, the the capacity to do like that for four s- or five days right but the anyway to
0: push through something like that
2: that's my big thing right now i did just recently go to the um cryptozoology museum in maine and that was oh, wow. pretty fun
3: yeah that- M kept texting me photos saying look it's you of all the like weird looking
2: <laughs> toothy <laughs> creatures i was like thanks em it was really cool it was i think the person who um who owns it is lauren coleman so um gotcha that's Who's like the, the biggest like cryptozoologist? Right, like the most well esteemed, I suppose. But uh, I think I have. Uh, I think I really like the. Um, oh man, we just talked about Pukwudgie? it. The puckwudgie. I think I like the, the puckwudgie puck the most. Yeah, that's a good one. Just because it was right? like it's, it looks so ridiculous. <laughs> I just goog
0: I just Googled it and I feel like somebody would send me a picture of that and say, "Hey, Bows, this it's, looks yeah. like you." <laughs> yeah. I'd be the puckwudgie. It's a wudgie. compliment.
3: It's a compliment. Yeah.
0: <laughs> what What is it about the puckwudgie specifically?
2: Uh, well, I that you like. I, I enjoyed that. Uh, uh, this is kind of silly, but I also really liked that it had some Harry Potter uh, history to Connections. it. Connections. Um, Also, I liked that it was kind of obscure. I liked that it wasn't... Yeah, it was new to both of us. Yeah, I'd never heard of it before, so I think it was just the new flashy thing in my life. And also, uh, apparently... They have been seen so many times near the Bridgewater Triangle that the surrounding roads by the woods all have signs that say like Puckwudgi Crossing. Like don't like you have to drive a certain speed limit now because people are afraid of hitting that's them. That's fantastic. That's awesome. So, I just think that's like a little fun factoid of it yeah, all. Yes, so I think
3: you you did a Bridgewater and then a Puckwudgi episode. Oh, I did a whole episode on yeah. Puckwudgies <laughs> afterwards
2: because I was Oof. just so into it.
0: I have to ask, how did you even hear about the Goat Man of Bowie? How was that brought up to you?
2: I think it must have been a, um, usually the way that I start researching is I just type most haunted places in blank, yeah. and I think that day <laughs> I picked Maryland, so yeah. I think that's also, Also, um, I'm from Virginia, so I think a lot of our lore gets kind of telephoned to each other. For right. sure. And uh, I know my childhood best friend had heard of it before, so it was just awesome. kind of something that was in my head.
0: <laughs> so sapphire the the uh was it the duende Yeah, is that what you had told me about or mm-hmm. are, are do you know about the duende em and christine mm-hmm.
3: i know that i know that Nate, i'm trying to i don't want to say it wrong or say like the duende. wrong thing but
0: right they're they're kind of leprechaun type creatures in the philippines correct right. oh. yes and are they as common as like would would there be signs up that say duende crossing um, there is there Are they that common and spoken about? I mean,
1: about? I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Um, <laughs> yeah. The Philippines definitely is, like, I love it when places have their lore part yeah. of their environment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think, like, a lot of places in the Philippines, it'll have stuff, like, like named after things. So, like, Diwata Bridge, like, is yeah. like, fairies or spirits or stuff. Like, gotcha. more like that. Just, like, embrace it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. That's cool.
0: What about topics that you have yet to... To cover? Are there mm. any topics that you just can't wait to cover? Or maybe you've been planning on diving into, but they're overwhelming. They're, 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 I mean, very for, time consuming. Yeah.
3: For me, it's Scientology, which I've been oh, wow. fascinated. And it's mostly because I've been fascinated with Scientology since I was like six and used to, you know, just like watch YouTube videos all night of like people who had escaped Scientology. I, it, I just think it's so fascinating. Yeah. And so I'm like, it's almost daunting because I'm like very excited to cover it, but it's just, so part of my like you know fascination and one of my big passion interests so I, yeah i want to do it right so that's one i'm i'm excited to cover eventually and gonna
2: start working on hopefully soon yeah the, uh the i guess for me i've been wanting to cover ley lines in general as a conspiracy oh, so like stonehenge I or love that so something along those lines but also it's like a really like it's a it deserves a lot of research before I just jump into it. So usually I, if I'm putting a story off, it's because I know how much work I'm gonna have to put into it. <laughs> right. And I'm like, Oh, I I'm not, I don't have that much energy today. So. Yeah. We're
3: the, the Kings of like, Oh, next week we'll have next month. We'll have more time on our hands. Like, no, no we that will not. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> but, but <Totally>. Eventually <laughs> we'll get there. Next, yeah.
0: next month I'll have times for the ley lines research. <laughs>
3: right. The, yeah. Right.
0: Yeah. The length of a novel. <laughs> right. uh, well, what's coming up on the podcast and what's the, the status every you've been able to continue recording throughout this pandemic and um what are some of the upcoming episodes yeah in well the we don't future? we
3: don't tell each other the stories in advance so we, we oh, like that's to right start. so you i know it's kind of uh it's fun but it's also like well it's hard to like promote it's, the future it's very inconvenient
2: because yeah. a lot of people like our own manager has been like oh well what are the next episodes coming up so we can promote it? And it's like, <laughs> I can't tell you. And Don't I Don't tell Christine. <laughs> so,
0: but it does, it works for the show though, because then there's this sense of discovery and, Right. Yeah, it feels more like you're you're learning. It, it is so much with fun to like you.
3: Yeah, and it's it's more fun to tell a story when you're like surprising the other person with the information. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I guess coming up, like we're just gonna keep doing episodes, and we're trying yeah. to do more virtual like virtual live shows since our tour was canceled.
2: This so this weekend we're doing a, a, a virtual live show, mm-hmm. um, and then we did one back in June, uh, which we did uh, all the proceeds went to COVID relief. So this one is going to the Marsha P Johnson for uh, Black Trans Lives. Um, Awesome. So, yeah, we're just doing some benefit live shows.
3: Yeah, I guess sometimes we just come up with things as we go, and they happen. So we're not very good at planning for it.
2: (laughs) We do have, on the first of every month, we put out a listener's episode. So people can submit their personal stories through our website, and that's why drink.com. And then... Um, they're in the running for us to read some of their stories on the first of every month. So.
3: Yeah, we do. Have That's fun. awesome too. If anyone yeah. has a story to send us, yep, please do.
0: <laughs> and what is the what is the date for the 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 live the it's virtual s- live event? Saturday. Because
3: yeah, it's probably going to be before it's like this. two days from now. Yeah, it's on Saturday. So, <laughs> it,
0: gotcha. Will it be archived anywhere so that we can if this episode goes up after the virtual live event that we can then send people to it?
3: I think we're, since we sold tickets to it, we're only sending it to people who gotcha. purchased it. But I it. think, I mean, we're hopefully planning on doing like just more in yeah. the future. So this isn't
2: our last virtual live show. So yes. if anyone wants to ever learn about them, um, usually the first place is either our website or through um, social media and our handle on everything is ATWWD podcast. So yeah.
0: Well, that was my next question is where <laughs> can people follow you each on social media or the podcast? um let people know you just did but one more time where can they follow the podcast across you were smart and have the same handle across all social media platforms we,
3: we were lucky yeah yeah we do also have eerie and theory somewhere so if you yeah. want to tweet
0: right that. <laughs> don't follow don't follow eerie and theory no. not
2: yet at least not but yet. uh yeah it's, and that's why we drink.com and then um uh ATW, ATW, WD WD podcast, podcast. <laughs> and then i'm vm schultz on everything and christina's x teen schieffer on everything so yeah
3: find us we're around we're bopping around yeah
0: well, thank you so much for joining us on the Untold Hour. Appreciate you taking the time to come on.
3: This was thank a you blast. so much. This was awesome. Oh, we could talk about stuff like this for hours. Yeah, so appreciate I know.
0: It. I know. There's there's uh, there's every every topic that's discussed. There's like three more that open up in my <laughs> yep. in my head. But we'll just we'll have you back on. Yeah, at some we'll point have to do it again. that would going. be fun.
3: We'll we'll go Perfect. on our road trip, our East Coast road trip yeah. together. Yeah, and share yeah. stories.
0: <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on.
3: Awesome. Thank, thank you, you so guys. much. It was so nice, nice to meet you. you. Bye. Bye.
0: Well, that was fantastic. Oh my god, they amazing. were a joy. It was hard to stop talking to them because they have such a vast knowledge of both true crime and supernatural. And cryptic. The fact that M had done an episode on the Goat Man of Bowie kind of blew my mind because uh, I didn't yeah. know many people cared about that as, as much as you, as much as me. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um, they did. They did have the name wrong, Bowie, uh, Bowie, and not Bowie. It is Bowie, but I forgive them because they they talked about my boy, the Goat Man.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, thank you so much for joining me again, Sapphire.
1: Oh, it's always a pleasure to be here.
0: <laughs> thank you. And for those that are listening and want to follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Untold Hour Pod, and on Instagram. At the Untold Hour. And I believe coming up soon, I will do a listener story episode. I say it every episode. I say how backlogged we are on listener stories and how I'm going to do a whole episode. But you know what? I think I'm going to make good on that and very soon do a listener story episode. Until then, this has been Andrew Bowser. And you've been listening to the Untold Hour. Bye. Star Bands. A podcast
3: a podcast network.